Hello and welcome to Register, the podcast about architecture and landscape from the Kingston School of Art in London. My name is Andrew Clancy. In this episode, we're joined by the architect and the teacher, Tom Dupuyer, who actually gave his lecture back in October of last year, but I wasn't able to interview him at the time, so I'm very grateful for Tom to have made some time for us this weekend. In this discussion, we speak about Portugal and Siza, where Tom has recently returned from being part of the Porto Summer School, uh, to the nature of the crit as being the key experience of the architectural school, and on the design process uh, as applies to Tom's work in, with specific reference to um, a garden landscape called Dysert that he has been constructing south of Dublin over the last 10 years or so. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Tom, thanks a million for the lecture and for agreeing to sit down and do this interview some months later. I'm sorry I couldn't be there to yeah, do it at the time. Yeah, you had, you had um you had more pressing business. <laughs> pressing business is probably. <laughs> I guess, yeah. A new, a new baby is a good excuse. Uh, it's true. No, but it's really good. It was, it, it's kind of, it was kind of important to me that our first lecture would be uh, you, given, you know, I mean, you've, you've taught me and I worked very briefly for you, so I thought it was kind of a, a good thing to open the professorship with. Was that the opener, was it? That was the opener of the Register oh, series, yeah. Wow. So it's kind of interesting that you're going to be the last interview of the year, but anyway, so you're topping and tailing the first yeah, year. Yeah. But you're not long back from the States. What I'm really not back long from is Porto, which was great fun. Lutchins and Padaban were there. They're great, yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. Really interesting, really good. And um, did you have Monadnock? I mean, they're coming next year, but... Yeah, yeah. also, mm, super, super architects. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. That was a fun, that was a fun, uh, a fun week. Um, posturing, <laughs> postulating. In Caesarland, it was great. Yes, that's the summer school, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is interesting, isn't it? I found uh, that Lutchens, Pub and Avon were brilliant for that because they were always puncturing the posturing... At the AF masterclass, uh, there were certain other people there who really, they really believe in the posture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... I mean, there's a lovely moment where, where Thomas was presenting, I think, sort of that apartment building with the two columns. Oh, yeah. One of which is structural and one of which is not. And then he rejoins with, of course, that's the architectural one. <laughs> and I know, I know, by, but but it's, very know, it's very knowing. And I really... But I think what they're doing in terms of... I think they're looking for another kind of shallow space. Yeah. Which is very, very compelling. They're, they're looking for another kind of three, dimen- three dimensions. Another three dimensions. And uh, in the surface, somewhere it's somewhere it's very shallow and very multiple. It's almost like um, you know the way you know, the space is thicker or something because the depth is shallower. Yeah, I was kind of th- kind of thrilling actually to watch that kind of unfurl. I haven't been to any of their buildings now, mm. but the, there's this figuration, right, which is kind of explicit yeah. and that's yeah. present, and yeah. you get that. But you're right, there's something in the detailing and in the articulation, or the lack thereof, in a way, yeah. you know, that flatness. Yeah. But the columns are interesting because it's precisely their veneer which they're interested in, which is this, again, their columns, right? But 
their veneer. Mm. And it's this kind mm. of double play all mm. the time. Mm. And I think that, well, I find their work really welcome in a number of ways because it's scholarly and it's deeply rooted in the history of architecture, unashamedly so, but without any kind of heaviness in terms of their delivery. You know, that there's a yeah. kind of a, they don't wear their knowledge like a cloak. You know, they kind of much rather have a live conversation. But the dog that you have to speak into its ear. <laughs> <laughs> I, that looks after your letters. I just <laughs> you, can't be you can't really. No. No. There was, and there's a photograph of it with a cat passing by. Or I think it's a real cat, or maybe they designed that cat as well. But in fact, there's a cat. <laughs> anyway, that was really good fun. That was really, really nice. I think there's a lot of the scene. The scene seems very healthy. Yeah, the European scene or the international mm. scene? The European scene, I think, is very healthy. It seems to be very healthy, kind of lively, you know, like Ted A were there as well. And it just seems like there's a lot of kind of different frayed stitches of the rug being kind of... It, the rug is being pulled out from various different directions. And, I mean, I think it's only building into something. <coughs> I think it's, there's a, the ripple of a new wave. Yeah. No, I think you're right, actually. It feels true. right. You I mean, geopol geopolitics kind of suggests that it, there should be. Yeah, that there is another turn to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. It's, it's funny because it's, for a while it was like these emergent voices. Well, that's an unusual project or that's an interesting take. And yeah. you're right, it's, it's reaching a critical mass now where you can actually go... In many European countries, there's some people contributing to that mm. conversation. It's not a stylistic commonality. no. But I do think it is rooted in a kind of a, a timely engagement with the problem of contemporary tectonics and the freedoms that come from that, you know, where all this nonsense to do with truth, honesty, all that mm. stuff mm. Uh, has finally been shed. But somehow this kind of aspiration to a language or to find the language appropriate mm. for what you're working with, it still remains. So this is kind of interesting. Mm. Um, imbalance, which I think is a very playful one, you know, this external insulation, I mean, it's daft, right? And our skin crawls, but what a liberation. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the whole of Falp is, is internally, externally insulated. Yeah. But I don't see where his um, expansion joints are. I, I think he's the master of expansion joints, Caesar. He's took them, yeah. Where are they? <laughs> They're there in the church, right? You see them on the church. I don't, yeah, but in Falp, there isn't, a, there isn't an expansion joint in it. And I'm kind of going, how are you doing this? Is it the weather? <laughs> like, how do you, or what is it made of that you can do that extent? It's a really good question. Because on those towers, there's nothing. There's no line, nothing. No. It looks immaculate at the moment. It's just being repainted. But, but I was kind of... The, ins the insulation question is really interesting because he doesn't... He's not, he's not, he doesn't, he's not slave to expression of structure. No, not at all. So, so it, it kind of then becomes a dance of the seven veils as to where the structure actually is. And those kind of authorities go away just for free, free space, let's say, or pure form. But you're still left, I think, with the, in the external insulation with the seams. Yeah. And, and it's seamless. It's a very good question. I mean, he's interesting because, say, 
you know, the church is another interesting one, or say Santiago de Compostela, these moments mm, where I saw them, yeah, yeah, and you know, they get confused, or the Santiago de Compostela one gets confused for a kind of remnant of postmodernism, but actually, it's the plasticity of space in some senses. I mean, the way that that piece lands or doesn't land, or does it, uh. is uh, probably just way ahead of his time. And even now, actually, I wonder whether, I mean whether there are people playing at that level yet, you know, in terms of gravity, in terms of denial of it, in terms of the apparent sincerity of things and then yet their denial at the same time. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I don't know how true it is, but there is a kind of a story which went around our year in college, which I, I don't know where it came from, which was that everything that he did came out of the markets of Trajan to do with the offset geometries, to do with, say, that the piece where a serrated edge meets a curved edge, but the curved edge is coming from a different centre. and All those spaces are actually surface spaces. They've got nothing to do with any kind of mm. clarity of order and plan mm. or anything like that. Mm. They're actually mm. they're coming from something else. Mm. Um, and actually, when you're walking around there, you're looking for a coherence, but of course, there's emergent yeah. coherence at all times, yeah. but no actual centrality. Yeah. Of, you yeah. know, um, which was a good story for us, maybe to force us to look at the building, perhaps. Maybe with a tutor dropped it in as a rumour. I just love the way he can do pointy bits and then roundy bits very suddenly. I just, I just, it's just like devastating. It's like a door swing. Yeah. He just goes, push you. <laughs> <laughs> really fast. And as a minor order. And then underneath that, there'll be an order beneath that again. Like all the orders kind of work top down rather than front to back. It's very, very enjoyable. But I, but I think that is from, like I thought the church lacked actually something because there's no expression of structure. Maybe that's, maybe that's because of where we come from, but it was also white and actually modernist inside despite its shape making outside. And, but there was, a, you know, there, was, there was a lack of white and yeah. that let me down slightly maybe yeah the billow is interesting i mean we ended up all With the undercut yeah yeah we all ended up sitting on the right hand side against the slot window uh, um and then you have the sound of the font which is yeah, yeah. a really brilliant yeah move. it is yeah. um and somehow that's my memory of that church is being held acoustically by that and the amp. But you went off axis. You off went axis. right All into off axis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I kind of wondered what it would have been like to be there for a service and I thought it would be less interesting actually because it was, we weren't being held by anything. I mean, or maybe it's just mm. an observation that half the congregation is looking out the window at the mountains wishing that they weren't there, which is certainly my memory as a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, did. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't have those kind of slot windows at churches I was being forced to sit in. No, no. Um, so I enjoyed it on that level. It seemed to be very playful with the seriousness of the kind of Catholic liturgy and, you know, this kind of sincerity of this Baroque church and all this. And of course that's all there, but at the same time, I think uh, there's a kind of deep human understanding of yeah. yeah, it feels like, it felt a bit like, it had that kind of quality of being a really nice room for people to meet in. Yeah, exactly. You know, and taking the cross off to one side and, okay, playing down the east light and all of that. Seemed to just kind of make it a little bit more parochial. But if you want, you know, it's just kind of, kind of like there isn't the shock and awe of Borromini in there or something like that. It's a it's no. much more Northern European sensible idea about worship or something. Yeah, because it's true. When you're there, 
it all feels sort of inevitable and sort of just so, even the, the door stretched so tall. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, until actually the, the one thing that was really quite... The, the crypt under that altar space. There, yeah, yeah, then it happens again, that, yeah. that dark thing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the view of it from, back, from down the town, when, you look, you know, when you've just got this, the double, the double reverse or concave swoop. Yeah. It looks like a, it's a figure and, a, and, and an amazing figure. It's like every church you've, ever, you've never met or something. That's right, yeah. It's kind of weird thing. Lovely. Yeah. On the hill with the one side of the street. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I did enjoy that church. I understand what you're saying about gravity. Oh, I loved it, yeah. but there was just something in the middle. I was, there was something in the middle of it that was just a bit... Um, I don't know, there was, there was a bubble in the air. There was a, there was a gap in the thickness of the experience. There was a sort of... A, the, like, the light, like the light, this and this were pushing laterally. There was no push frontally yeah. except for the double cleavage around the altar that's under play. There was something in there that maybe it's just from being, from, that, from the, where we were brought up, that, we, that it's a slight, he says he's conservative, but it's actually radically different in its, in its, the pressures that it's putting on the nave. Ep- episodic, it doesn't add up. Yeah, no, and that's also true of your, you know, when you get, there's the distant view, but then there's the kind of much more proximate experience of the street as you kind of, turn a corner yeah. and meander up. And there are bits of that where you're kind of... He's not there at all stages taking you through that in the same way. There's bits where he's kind of going, well, yeah. from here up those steps to the door, you're kind of on your own. Yeah. And sure, I'll meet you at the door. Which I, which, 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 which I don't... I expect it to be much more controlled, actually, that each one of those moments would be yeah. a delight. But actually... But then I don't think any less of it for that in a way. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Have you seen the other? Is the other one finished? The one that he's making in France? No, I haven't seen. Like, it. That looks great as well. And we did a great trip, which was uh, the obvious one to do, which was, I mean, I knew of Tavera obviously, but we, I didn't really understand his public spaces until we went around and actually saw them and their beauty. And there was a day I remember where we saw a number of Tavera's public spaces mm. and that church, and it was just an absolutely brilliant day. And it ended up in Faup actually in the kind of first year studio building, mm. which again was something which I'd understood and kind of stood the, the plans of, but wasn't really prepared for. You know, that external room caught in the pinched edges of the open courtyard, yeah. really didn't understand that and the way the cornice howls you and the dance yeah. of the windows. Yeah. And actually all of the stuff that had been kind of talked about, the references and all of that stuff, I found completely kind of uninteresting actually. Mm. Like the Laurentian Library staircase. Mm. Kind of, although the space that it was held by, that kind of eroded corner, really really brilliant mm. um, and then the gasp when the, you know when the party is is sort of revealed when you go down the stairs and you go under the tunnel yeah and you go ta-da <laughs> it's just great it's just beautifully practical i haven't been to malagari yet and ever and all of that mm. the kind of early social housing projects but i really want to see mm. those and be around them because i know somebody actually in Kingston, who's um, working with Caesar, Caesar designing his house, a very from the early school, a very practical family house for a low budget, and I think the client is an architect actually who's commissioned Caesar. But he was saying exactly that, you know, that it's a very practical, direct, mm. comfort-driven mm. conversation, mm. and then the poetry arrives mm. in that kind of everyday literature of the kind of yeah, yeah, isn't that 
Yeah, door. wouldn't it be nice if the handrail did this? Yeah. And, and this. Why and yeah. why wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, it's good. It's good. It's nice to be around really good stuff, isn't it? It's it really, really It's really good for you. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you kind of walk with a spring in your step or something after being to places like that and yeah. seeing that those things are still possible and that they're held dear by the societies that... Yeah. That that have produced this stuff, you know. I mean, Portugal's a remarkable place for that reason. So you're interesting, because you started in one school, finished your education in another, and kind of remained teaching in that school. Yeah. And actually, it's kind of an interesting one, because the reason that comes to mind is that I'm remembering that moment where you showed your pieces to that group of students about seven, must be seven or eight years oh, ago, when I organised that conversation. Yeah, oh yeah. What was remarkable about your thesis, actually, in, 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 in kind of contradiction to the others that were shown that day was that your position was explicit in the thesis it was present you know you could trace concerns in your practice like I look at the garden in Greystones or I look at things like the cinema in Galway and the nascent kind of poison that was going to produce I mean poison mm. was in that thesis lots of small things scattered basically <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, which was a strategy at the time. <laughs> yes, but they were scattered. I mean, what was interesting about their scattering is it wasn't a scattering of the kind of rational overlay a la Chumi. They were, they were scattered in a much more intuitively cited way, linked to a kind of figurative presence in the landscape. Um, is that fair? Or? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that it was... I thought, if I remember correctly, I, th <coughs> I thought that it was... Um, one very inspired by the Woodland Cemetery which I'd seen that summer I thought okay I'm going to do a big long straight line and then I'm going to do a serpentine line and then that will allow me then to make little buildings or little things and I can make them in the manner of and as quickly as possible a lot of them almost like pop songs on an album mm. So I thought of it kind of like a concept album, and it means that I could do a butterfly house, which is inflatable, or I could do a earthbound rhino house, or I could do a Sterling-esque library or whatever. But it was all kind of ordered across this taxonomy of landscape that was I, with, a sur with, a, with a service route around the outside, which conveniently makes the edges. So you could get off the hook of the picturesque by saying, no, it's just a farm, or you could get off the practicality by saying, no, it's a zoo. And so I was kind of in between. But you know that thing where, and it's an ability you have that a lot of us don't, which is the strategy seems so inevitably present in the work at the end, if you know what I mean. The, but of course, that's, that's a completely correct description of it. And it's there and it's present. Or I'm thinking of N cubed and the plan, the section, the material it's made of, its conceptual essence, its physical presence, the narrative. They're so tightly interwound, you know, mm. like a fractal mm. somehow. In I've never said, I've never actually said, I've never actually thought about my thesis before. I've never said, I've never said that before. Okay. I've never thought that before. Okay. I think it might be about loquaciousness and, and, uh, and, uh, and a desire to communicate rather than uh, to have a magnificent strategic mind. It's a narrative. I think if you ask me tomorrow, it'd be completely different. <laughs> 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 well, no, that is what I thought. That is, that is what I thought it was. You're asking me, do I think like that all the time? Yeah, I do. 
to a degree, I do keep, I do, uh, even if it, it goes, generally when a project begins, it begins in a certain kind, as you know, it just begins with a, a free dive before you even actually have thought it out properly. And but I often find that something happens where it might be something as silly as saying, like I have a graveyard of projects that are based on circles yeah. in the office because they never seem to get anywhere. But I, I generally start these days with a circle or two yeah. and I just see how far I can get with it until they just get bent back into, into <laughs> shape. <laughs> or, you know, you start with structure. You say, so, so, so you start with some kind of structuring order. So for me at the moment, this one we're thinking about is you know, the way hay barns have, when they're full of hay, you know, when the yeah, bales of hay, they, they look like temples. Yeah. So they have those stacks of... Yeah. And then you think about the power wars in La Tourette, which are these circular things under a big order. So you're going circular things, big order, kind of circular things, hold up the big order, what's the overorder? And so you keep, keep kind of grinding away at that until the point where, where it doesn't work. <laughs> but by the time you've got to there, something else has happened. Yeah. That would be generally... I and mean, we all work like that, I think. I think so. <coughs> what's interesting is that, um, what's, is that there's moments in your work where they snap into some kind of holistic coherence. Do you know what I mean? And I suppose... And maybe that's, and maybe that's, maybe that's just from the outside it looks like that. You know, but where you can go NQ, say, for example, which is a simple piece, but a really incredible, dense... Yeah, piece. it's kind of a truffle. Yeah. But that's the but that that's what that <clears throat> for me it's when you kind of okay we all know our tropes and our traits and our strengths and which are equivalent to our weaknesses and aren't we always trying to kind of get around them? I'm always you're always trying to get around them and it seems like there's a kind of moment when if you start grinding away at a thing and that you, you actually what you're trying to do is lose yourself. You know the way yeah. uh, you know the way a striker loses his, his or her mark. Yeah. You're kind of, you start as the marker, but you're trying to be the striker. Yeah. And you're, so you're both at the same time, and you're, you're trying to make space, you're trying to, as they say. And there's a moment in a project where actually something happens, and you kind of go, oh, where it's kind of ugly, because you haven't, it's not you. You've yeah. kind of lost yourself. Yeah. But it is what it should be. And that's the kind of, it's, that's the kind of thought fox that you kind of chase, or that temperature. Whether, I, I, I don't know if it's about making good building, that's a slightly different thing, but in terms of the conceiving of a solution to a problem that's mo mostly of your own making, it's in there is that I, I enjoy. No, I didn't enjoy it, it's hard, it's not, it's not fun at all, it's kind of grumpy, not finding work, it's needle in a haystack stuff, it's, it's not pleasurable. Narky. It's narky work, <laughs> it's narky, a lot of cursing. Yeah. But it's in there somewhere, if that makes any sense to you. It, no, it does. In a partnership, the way I work... Yeah, you I, have a partner, you see, that's different. So it's, yeah, and it's interesting because I can completely see how that works with two people because, you know, you put something on, table, on the table for your partner and it's deficient in many ways, but they'll see that thing and you'll see it in theirs and so there's a mm. kind of a wheat and a chaff and a narkiness, um, but it's a vital kind of yeah. thing where actually... But doing that to oneself is, is an interesting one because... Yeah, I think it's a good analogy, the striker and the defender at yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then there's a moment when the striker goes off 
and did, and you know he's running around, but he's you know <laughs> scoring. And then there's one where the defender has to come back in then and do all all the kind of cleaning up and tidying up and. You know, the unseen work. Well, yeah, no, well, just kind post. of nailing it, kind of going. Well, if if that's if that's what you say it is, well, then this happens, and then it gets really interesting. Yeah, you know, there's a kind of an. So we're talking about learning. I mean, that's what I suppose as the audience here is students. I mean, that's what that's what you learn at school. You don't learn about uh, design in the manner of. You learn about how to become, how to think about architecture, how to think about it, and how to design it. And, it's in, in the, like, it's, it's really strange when you think about it, what, what, when you go to school, essentially, with no, you know, despite how wonderful your professors are and so on, like, actually, you're, you're sent into a room by yourself with some paper and a pen, and you're told, design a dot, 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 dot. And you come out, and you show it to people, and they go, hmm, maybe, have you seen this? And then you go back into that room, and you do it again. Back, forth, back, forth, and at the end it comes out and, and people give you their opinion of it, which you probably can't hear quite at the time, so you're learning how to hear. Yeah. And then repeat. And you do what? Two, three, two, three, four by five, 20 times, and then you get your degree. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. But so you could do it by post, only the bit you really need is the bit where you have to be dragged out from the room, put up on a wall, and you have to say it. And somebody has to say something about it yeah. and it's marks and so on but that's relevant and then there's an exchange and then you go back into the room and do it some more but it's that bit that you it's that bit that you is the kind of actually the engine that sends you back and going no we need more defence and we need 442 on this and really you need to watch the goalie here yeah you're off your mark there and then football analogies. What do we like? I don't even like football. Neither do I. No, but, but it is. It's 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 somehow in that you kind of have to learn how to how to ride the horse of yourself or something in the in 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 as a designer. That's what you learn, isn't it? Yeah. In the crit, and I've seen you like just on fire on crit days. You know where students are presenting work, and you're where you are able to capture the flotsam and kind of somehow. There's a castle in the air, do you know what I mean? Between you and the student. And, and it's handed back to them, this kind of thing. And they kind of carry it delicately back to their... Yeah, but it falls asunder And it falls asunder the second they pick up a pen. <laughs> yeah, it does. Tom really yeah. had me convinced. Yeah, 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 for sure. yeah, but don't we... I don't know, that's, I think that's... that's, a... but, that's uh, but what I was trying to say to that is, I think that magic, that thing, that's the essential thing, which is that... You show all the possible kind of emergent coherences or possible versions of the thing, mm. even the imaginary ones that can only exist with words between people. And then it's with those aspirations you go back and you have to try and kind of slog through it again and do it. And it's a frustrating one, I think, to explain that to the student because I found it frustrating to learn it. And it's kind of hypocritical to be able to say, well, this is how it works. And it's kind of... Blah, blah, blah. Whereas ultimately what you're saying is, yeah, there's, there's a fundamental frustration to part of this, you know, that is just a fun... And it actually doesn't really go away. And it, it, <laughs> No. No. And the only thing, I suppose, is that you begin to change the relationship with that frustration from being... I, I suppose maybe when you're first out of high school or whatever, is a kind of a belief that it might be some kind of deficiency in yourself to being a deficiency in the project. And then maybe it becomes a more handleable thing when it changes from me to the work. You know, the work is... The work wants to be this, or the work wants yeah. to be that. 
And the, the kind of game of seeing that work, I think, is... I mean, I think it's where the crit has to be guarded against. I mean, I've been in schools where I've heard people, you know, kind of academic people, you know, slagging them off as a luxury that we can't afford, missing this kind of critical point that it's a basically a kind of a seminar on the work of the student, even though they're six months into their course. They're, there's five people who've been brought together and they're going to give you half an hour of their expertise, and that happens continually for a period of time in your career to get you going, and sometimes it's very practical, and sometimes it's esoteric, and sometimes it's mm. cultural. But it's the kind of, it's the thing that you can't really lose. Do you know what I mean? I think, as you say, okay, library now is virtual, so to some extent, or you can go look at buildings or that kind of thing. Those sorts of things, you can mm. take or leave, and it's great to have them. But the crit seems to be the thing that you hold, need to hold tightest to. When somebody, own. whoever they are, says something about something that you've done and they don't know you and they're, they're not eliciting any particular response they're just reading it and they say something that is deeply opposite it's a remarkable it's quite rare but it's yeah. a remarkable experience because then you realize that you're not alone that actually you're communicating that, I, that actually what you do is not just back in your that when you put it up on the wall when you step away somebody else can read it and understand it. In other words, they've been there, yeah. And I th- or, or they can be there with you in your in your projection. And once that happens, then you realise all the work has to be is good. And by good, it means that you can maximise the the audience for it by it being alert and kind of selfless but skillful yeah. simultaneously, like our friend who produced his masterpiece at the age of 26. <laughs> but, it, but, it's, but I think that's the kind of, that kind of remarkable moment when you kind of realise that, oh, that you're not... that it's actually ringing true enough or it's legible enough that somebody else can read it is a real eye-opener for a young architect. And on the other hand, it's devastating when you make something and people walk into it and they walk out of it again... And you know it, it's just not, it just doesn't have, what, it just doesn't have that, it's just not doing it. Yeah. It's just, it's okay, but it's just not doing it. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but it just doesn't have joy in it or it doesn't have a gift in it somehow. No, I know what you mean. As a student, that, that moment, as you say, it inevitably can only happen two or three times in, your, in those five to six years. Yeah. And that's a luxury. And happens. be alert to it. Yeah. And actually sometimes... And it won't be from the superstar necessarily. It might be from very, very, very unexpected source. Well, it, could be, it could be the tutor that you've never listened to because you don't respect them. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes it's the colleague. Yeah, or the, it could be the environmental sciences lecturer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can be. <laughs> <laughs> happens on those trips you know those kind of when you you're you're in a building and you are I mean the resurrection say chapel say let's just take the wooden cemetery you brought it up yeah, yeah, I actually yeah. sees it and we can talk about it. but there's a moment in that where I remember actually it was her thesis here we were in Stockholm and you turn in the woods and you see the little portico yeah. and you, you you know that the architect is right there that he drew that yeah, yeah. And drew you there, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he's on, he's on your shoulder. Right on your shoulder. Yeah. And, and every step then in that sequence, 
they're communicating with you and you know what they saw and you're seeing what they saw. Mm. And that experience is a completely deep communicative one, not on the level of art, not that kind of uh, cultural kind of communication. It's a different communication. No, and it's not creepy either. No. It's almost like watching a really good movie. It is, you, exactly. you just, I'm in good hands here. And it's, <laughs> it's about space and time. Like You just get this... You know, as you go up to that portico, like in the, there's a moment, well, the moment when you kind of see the crack between the two buildings. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh. Yeah. As you, you kind of whirl around a bit, don't you? Yeah. You look back and then you look and say, what do I do now? Brilliant. And you're going over that little pyramid and you know that it's a pyramid because your tutors told you about it. And then you're, you're kind of proud in a way that you can feel that. I never but, noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the stories, like I, I do love that as well about the thing, which is that a lot, a lot of the time in my experience, and it's not true of others, but a lot of the time I found the crit really useful for that precise thing, which is that I only really recognised what it was that I might have been told two months before that I had been ignoring as I was defending the thing those two months later. Mm. And somehow it's that kind of telling of the explain yourself. Do you know that moment? Mm. Explain. I love that phrase, explain yourself. Mm. It's a really big thing. Mm. And you are actually explaining yourself. You're kind of going, and that repeated calling back to try and do it in that moment of saying to somebody else is actually, for me anyway, a really critical point of reflection where things cohere or don't cohere or the, 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 the thing where they come together. And those experiences of going around those buildings are very similar for me, which is that kind of conversation. And occasionally you get them from clients where you get a text and it's happened. You get a text and go, it's Sunday morning, the light's coming in the way you said it would. You miss this, it's reflecting off this thing and it's way better over here. And you're kind of going, yeah, I was way ahead of you. Of course you didn't. But I do love, because it's, it's not a conceptual conversation, it's purely space, light, the feeling of those things yeah. and what that kind of presence is in the room. Yeah. And it's kind of the frustration, I suppose, in college because you can't actually really produce that yet. You know, as a student, you're aiming at it. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's interesting about college in comparison to the works that we're talking about is the works are all simpler than the works that you have to produce in college. Yeah. You, know, you try and produce, if the woodland cemetery had never been built, yeah. and you produce that woodland, yeah. that church, that portico, that garden, yeah. oh yeah, maybe yeah. one in ten critics would appreciate it as a work of high genius that's true yeah that is probably true but a lot of other a good two two yeah a, a lot of tutors are giving a good two two <laughs> I'm not sure about the portico yeah I mean why would you put a hole in the middle <laughs> <laughs> but it, it but it is it is a really really strange you know people say I'm an architect oh he's an architect she's an architect and they say it like they're doctors or something. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not. No. It's a really strange skill. It's a really strange skill. It's a really, really strange kind of craft skill. It's, it's like, I don't know. It's a, I mean, I've never, it's not like painting. It's not like music. It's not like a science. It has aspects of all of those or as much of those that you want. But that, that thing we're talking about, that space thing, is kind of everybody speaks around it because you have to. There isn't really a proper vocabulary for it. Yeah, no, I think that's true. That's why we keep using references. Yeah. 
But we all know what it smells like and the temperature of it when it's really good. But any and that includes people who are not architects. Yeah. But the making up of it yeah. is a really strange um, prof- prof- profession. It's still, a, it's still a profession. We do profess it. But it's a very strange skill that people learn at school. Yeah. And there's a kind of a level of fitness to it as well. Like it is a very interesting skill, I often think. And it's a, it, because, and then the, it's a, it's, it, the, the frustration in it, which is also its, it's genius, is that so much is prescribed. You know, it, it has to function this way, it has to keep you, yeah. you know, dry. You, have to, you have to be able to draw, you yeah. have to be good at rendering, you have to be good at talking, you have to be, have to be, well, I mean, atmosphere wasn't on the curriculum when we were at school. <laughs> but, but now you have to, it has to have atmosphere. Yeah, but is that just not a hazy filter that somebody applies in Photoshop? I mean, um, <laughs> I, 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 those words, I find them clumsy, you know, emotion or atmosphere. Yeah. And I know what people are trying to say, but I don't think they're very helpful because I think they're slightly disabling. You know, they're kind of, you know what I mean? And they're, 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 they're hard ones in a way, other than a kind of building up of one's own personal part of that conversation. You know, each student will find their uh, piece of that conversation that yeah. they're interested in. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a very difficult one to tease out. And that's why the conversation, and I think, again, this is a podcast for students, is that a lot of the time in the crit, or sometimes in the crit, it's the critics themselves trying to just have a conversation about, around the thing that we can't find the words to say, do you know what I mean? Which is a kind of frustrating thing, I think, to experience. But it's why architecture, I think, is always at its most interesting when it's not born from a position of certainty. Do you know there's that kind of tracking? Um, uh, you're talking about it in terms of when you lose yourself or where you're, you're kind of reinventing yourself or you're kind of the work has gone somewhere unexpected, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, but that's 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 in the that's in the um, that's in this kind of small addictive euphoria of thinking about things, isn't it? The small that's the kind of joy of the joy of think, thinking about making things up. I made something up. Yippee! Is it any good? That's that's after yippee. First of all, let's make it up. That, that's a, that's different from then where where the thing is in the world or even in the public domain within, on, the, on the stage of a crit. And I do think that the best crits I've ever at was when, when the work was merely the vehicle for the conversation between the critics and the student. And that out of the kind of circumnavigation of the project, as the un, that actually the best advice often would come and one of the nicest things to do in the School of Architecture is, is, to, is to have people to, who know whatever they have to know, but to have them engage with one another in a civil way on the subject. You can learn so much. I think it's, it's terrible when it's adversarial, but it's a, it's a, it's a defence. Yeah. It's a viva voce and it's a defence. Those kind of reviews are... Generally, they're not as cultured. Yeah, there always has to be a curiosity on the part of the critic in the in the crypt. You know what I mean? Mm. The curiosity to find the thing that's worth talking about, rather than the certainty of being certain that 
well, none of this is of any interest. Mm. Which is why I... Uh, because scepticism is such a corrosive... And every, anybody can be sceptical about anything. You know, anyone can make the smart aleck remark, which, well, why didn't you... Yeah. It's a long thing in the valley. Why isn't it a tall thing on the hill? Yeah. You know, that kind of fake profundity of yeah. the straw man. Yeah. Um, rather than actually the curiosity to find the thing in the long thing in the valley, which might be worth talking about. And I think that's... It's, it, I do find it frustrating. And, I mean, I have an open mind about it, but in so many cases... I suppose if it says architecture on the door, I suppose we should be talking about spaces or some kind. And, you know, I've been in crits where the most profound thing you can ask is where the front door is. And, you know, we've joked about this in other places. Yeah. You've seen similar things. And I'm just wondering, do you have a view on any of that? I mean, I, I had a conversation with Tony say recently enough, and he was very open-minded. He was going, you know, it's a broad church, the space for all of this sort of stuff. But I do feel the paucity of all this intelligence not talking about the thing that I think that architecture is, right? Talking about flying jam factories or, you know, what flavour of algorithm, you know, Oh, are you, so you're saying where the door is is a good question? Yeah, I find it. Yeah, I find it a terribly good question yeah. as well. Yeah. Sometimes it's the I, only question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 no, I think, I don't, I, I, I find, I like the conversation to go through the medium. And I'm, I'm, I don't, I used to love art history and all of that references and but I find as I'm getting older that I'm getting less and less interested in trading those cards but I, I just find I've just gotten bored with bored with all of that I, I'm much more interested in where the front door is and what color is it and does it have a bell and can I speak into the dog's ear beside it and does it keep my mail? I love, I mean, I think the nitty gritty of all of that. And once you get into all of that, then all the other kind of things come from it. You know, how is it held up and what's it made of and how big is it? How heavy is it? What's your, you know, what's your favorite color? I think all of those things are actually, in a way, more, prova- more profound than, than, than much of the curatorial discourse. Yeah, the pseudo-philosophy nonsense or mm. the sub-sociology. I mean, of course, those things have a presence in our world, mm. but I think you can come to them talking about a column. You know, you can mm. find it in the discussion of whether there's an architrave on the door or not, and whether mm. that's flat to the wall, which just goes to frugality and to do with engagement with the social mm. structure of the building mm. economy locally to where you're working, but other things as mm. well, you know, mm. art history. But rather than, yeah, I agree completely. So, it, but that has to be emerging from the physicality of the thing being discussed, as opposed to something which is. Yeah, and I, I think as well that I mean the other issue. I mean, I'm not adverse to a shaggy dog story, uh, and and the, and real life is kind of full of them, which is what you don't have the advantage of at school. You know, the hairdressers or whatever, the fantastic exotica of ordinary life that become our briefs. Yeah. that actually can engineer situations where you can be thinking quite abstractly about things that are actually very real, about the colour of hair in fluorescent light or whatever it is. Like, so I think that that's the all briefs have a, a strain, a, are stranger than fiction actually in some kind of way in the real world, which you can never really get close to in this simul, mm. simul, simulation of school. The, the, the esoteric yeah. of, often creeps in. Yeah. 
Inevitably. Inevitably. Yeah. So we, you can trust on that, that it will creep in. Yeah. But, but externally, from the outside, to you. And if you're alert to it, you can, you can use it. Whether it's, you know, like, say, some, say you know, Tom Emerson. Tom Emerson would be, you know, very alert to the opportunities of, say, that um, the lovely gallery that they Raven, did. Raven Road. Yeah. It's full of, so alert yeah, yeah, to the yeah. possibilities of what's just behind that wall. Yeah. Is it really... Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great for that. Yeah. No, it's, it, it, it's celebrated justly for that. Mm. And it's, it, it, it's actually, that's a good building to talk about because actually a lot of those things are quite difficult to disseminate using the standard methodologies of architecture, you know, the photo essay. Absolutely. I mean, you know, say Tom Emerson's work, you, actually, you really have to be there, obviously, like all great architecture. But there's a modesty to that, which, you know, it's, it, it is... And it's actually also the case with Lutzen's Papanabon and others, where there does seem to be a more sophisticated culture in terms of the appreciation of things emergent as well. You know, mm. of the visual currency of this stuff is being understood and being appreciated and being passed onwards. I mean, there's obviously people beginning to lapse into um, cartoonish, you know. There are sirens. There are sirens. There are sirens. <laughs> And there are rocks, and there are sirens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, and those sirens are singing a lot about triangles and circles at the moment. <laughs> well, they've learned a lot from Las Vegas. <laughs> they, yeah. But it's true, that kind of dance of the, the... That kind of astute judgment of, yes, this coving at this point at this time now, not for any other reason than just that doorway requires it at that point, say in Raven's Row or something like that, which is just a human judgment. I mean, we can walk around and go, ah, oh, good night, nice one. Yeah. A lot, I, I wonder about design. Like, I mean, how do you... I, I, don't, I don't actually mind being... And sometimes I think it's more, more comfortable to be a designer than an architect. How are you on that? Yeah, I, I think... Are you a designer? I think we're, yeah. I think we design and we're architects, but I think... Do you think if you, if you design really well, you're an architect? If you design badly, if you architect badly, you're a designer. It's a bit like uh, making a movie, if you know what I mean, in architecture. The difference between, the reason why we have to put all this other stuff around it, the design act, is because that it's expensive. so much money and so much time. So even something that's very simple, like a, you know, a relatively modest domestic extension, is the biggest single piece of capital expenditure yeah, that... Yeah. Yeah, economic unit would but be. say the chair or the light or whatever, they're, they're design? I think they're design. Yeah. Because they, they, they were never laden with any kind of conceptual agenda other than, you know, oh, how does this fold and who'll make it and yeah, how yeah. do you brave yeah, that? Yeah. And actually, on any kind of tectonic analysis, if you wanted to get into any of the tropes of architecture, yeah. the lamp in particular just fails. But there's also a really fun thing about you make this thing up right out of love and you're all your own time and you figure one out and then you go, well, how much would it cost? And then you have to go, well, how much would somebody pay for it? And then you have to, then you get into this really fun, yeah. and then you've got to double it for retail. Yeah. So, the, which you don't get in architecture, right? That no. never happens. No. So you're suddenly into this thing of, well, would, would anybody really like one of these? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's a really interesting question. Yeah. Because it, 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 it's not a prototype. 
all of a it's sudden. It's a one-off. And that was accidental on my behalf, that mm. happened, you know, it was kind of... And then I turned it off recently for the very... Well, actually, for lots of reasons, because life's too short, but also just because it pulls at you. You feel that call, you know, oh, they bought all these and they bought all those. Why don't you make some more? And other Yeah, people but it's a good thing to do as well, huh? Yeah, but then I think suddenly it becomes a thing where you're not producing something from curiosity or from a practical concern. Oh, okay. You're producing it because somebody says, hey, you're, you're good at making things that people want to buy. Yeah. But that's a completely different thing than when you first set out to make a present for a friend, which yeah. is, for me, a very practical thing, so that I can't afford to buy them the lamp that I'd like to buy, so this will only cost me 80 euros or 90 euros, whatever, to have made, and I can afford that. Yeah. And I think the second... and you, I, It was about four or five years ago before things start to return in terms of architecture anyway, where people were talking in that kind of way and you're kind of going, do I really pick up the pencil now and start making something based on all those market forces, which I was unaware of, by the way, when the chair and the lamp were first produced. They were not consequential things. That's why they ended up with such weird price points, you know, like the chair, because just the timber part of it cost so much to have made. Mm. That chair mm. was costing thousands. Didn't stop it from being sold. Mm. But where do you sit on that? I mean, the design versus architecture thing. I mean, I like design. I, I like designing little things, but they always, they always, t they, yeah. I, I like doing that because it because I have a short attention span, and it's very satisfying to be fiddling around with things like that. But I, I don't make. We're doing glass now, which I'm loving. Like I find <coughs> a cut glass. Cut lead, lead. What do you? It's lead crystal. And you can, you can, you can have, you can have an idea, really quick. Yeah. You can have like five ideas. You can go to the factory, get all excited looking at stuff, and by the time you've got back, you've got, you know, to the point where you have to stop sh sending them more ideas because <laughs> they're just getting worried. They're not taking you seriously. You should just have one idea, one great idea. <laughs> no, I th I'm, af I'm afraid I can have more than that. So I find that really kind of fast and joyful and quick and they're like little poems or something and then they go off and they, they, you, they go through the process of being prototyped and you adjust them and so on but I think it's just lovely and light and easy and compared to this Sisyphus position perhaps <laughs> of trying to produce a building that's all right even. Yeah. That's all. I like it for that. And I, and I, and I like the idea of, of being more, of being versatile. I like the idea of being, of being going back to the, the, the zoo, going back to doing, th doing things in a slightly different manner. Almost like, I, 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 so like I think in a slightly different manner means slightly different materials. So you do a glass thing, do an earth thing, do an air thing, mm. do a velvet thing, do a concrete thing. But each one of them is a completely different language. So you get to kind of dress up in yeah. your head. But, uh, but isn't that... Structurally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, what you're talking about is the fun part of it, which is the exuberance of its production and prototyping. Yeah. Yeah. Then when you've got it nailed, then, then they just want to keep making that thing. I was going to disagree with something you said about having a short attention span, because if we take, say, the landscape in Wicklow... The oh, yeah. I mean, you've, you've been working on a number of projects for a long period of time, you know, and adding to a kind of collective idea which continually is reinformed and reappraised by each small, discrete adjustment to it, you know. So this project yeah. I'm discussing is a landscape. Yeah. So you're saying it's short attention span, but I'm looking at that, that 
piece of landscape and that's a life work. You know, oh, I have, I have good stamina, but, but short attention span. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I, I, go, I go there every Saturday and I'll do something. And then I'll go there on Sunday and I'll do something. And then I might go there on Monday and do something. And then I'll go away again. I tend to work in layers. I would, I would have a short enough attention span. It'd be quite quick, but would stop. And then would come back at it again and go over it and 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 over it obsessively. Mm. Like very obsessively. Hence you can build a garden. So the garden is basically like a drawing, effectively. Yeah. 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 So there's no division there between its representation and itself. No. And there was no drawings of it done, which is very strange, really. For you, yeah. 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 No, no, there are little sketches which are in... But, I mean, even in terms of setting out of walls and things with, say, contractors to make concrete walls, they were just like, take it from there to there, there to there. I don't know why, but I never drew the interiors of the buildings, but didn't draw the landscape at all. And it's... it's, it's Other than sketches. But yeah. no working drawings, no... It didn't make sense. So that's interesting. So basically that process of continually working of that in parts and obsessively working over it is a built version of what happens in the drawings of the office working on a project before it goes to site, for example. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Like building up a kind of an archaeology yeah. and sometimes yeah. not questioning why something is there, but accepting that it's there and having to move yeah. always onwards. Yeah, or there's often a point where the, in the office where the office will sit, you know, will look at it and say, somebody will say, yeah, we've spent three weeks getting from there to there, like negligible change. But I would have felt that it's continents apart. <laughs> <laughs> Only because probably I understand it a bit better. But actually, there's probably very little change. Yeah, but I think that that understanding is essential. Very slow. So yeah. Sometimes you have to sit with something to know that it's okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and then go and say, okay, I think it's here, but now can we just try it this way? Let's do it in the manner of Elizabethan tragedy. And you go, no, it doesn't work like that. No, you're better country and western. <laughs> but, you know, you'll kind of try it in different ways, even though it's the same thing. But each of those things leaves a residue, which is interesting. Yeah. So they're not different versions, they're no, all there. No, that's right. They're, it's like, it's kind of tints, it's, it's kind of, yeah. Are, are we trying to, there's a certain point where you're still trying to describe the animal of, in the room. Like, I, you know, you're still trying to go, okay, we know that the plan works, but what is it? Like, what kind of a place is this? You know, you can have a plan and you don't really know what it's made of. Yeah. I'm sorry to say, but you can. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a white one, just a white plan. Yeah. But then there's a kind of a point where you have to kind of give it a character or whatever it is. And so you start trying it out. And that then informs how the construction is thought about. Mm. And then that changes. And then, that, and then the thing takes off. Yeah. And then, then you don't need that window up there. You need one down here. Mm. And so it goes. Yeah. So, the, the process is never one of abortive work. No. Which is a hard thing again to explain to a student, which is all of this layering up of something isn't in search of a solution, it's just to kind of build up a kind of level of... Um, because you can't take any, any chances with your work. Your work has to be very precise on these matters. These matters are the ones that... All the rest of the stuff is underneath. But when, 
when your loved one or your parents or whatever walk into the thing, that's what they're going to get. Mm. That's, they're going to get the top end of the register, yeah. which is this work. Yeah. And all the rest of it's way down yeah. underneath. I know, it's kind of dark shapes under the water yeah. and no one needs to worry about it. Yeah, them. they're yeah. not interested in the beam in Christchurch Spitalfields. I <laughs> 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 just think it's white and cold. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what's so wonderful about that garden, you know, walking around that garden. Because it's more than a garden, isn't it? It's a landscape anyway. But the... Um, there's bits where it snaps into coherence, obviously. There's the long view down and yeah, the way yeah. it opens up and all of that sort of stuff. And they are very enjoyable. Or the bit where you're coming back in the kind of doorway frames, the yeah. kind of short axis piece. And then the more you walk around it, it's, there's a piece of metal on a piece of concrete beside a curb that's got water to the top of it. Yeah. There's another thing over there. And it's a thicket of things. Yeah. And they all somehow feel precise, even if some of them are completely serendipitous, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And other things are very precise because they've clearly been placed or cast. Yeah. But somehow they might feel serendipitous in contrast with something that might have been there, like the way a piece of plaster has fallen off. Yeah. A wall feels very precise yeah. in that space. It sounds it's a kind of highfalutin thing, but what I'm trying to say is that... that if the landscape is actually a design process built, it does seem to me a very useful place to point at those things, which is that the delight in that landscape is that equilibrium, right? You know, there's bits that have been hard fought for and there's bits that just were, right? Yeah. I, it was interesting because just somebody got in there in the last month and systematically smashed everything oh. but it's really interesting for all those things all those place making all, I don't know who, who cares but, the, but it was really interesting walking around it that way because you could sweep you know you sweep up all the, all the bits and bits are gone sweep them all up, up. and um, it was better for it which makes me think of an edit, yes. which is going back to your drawing analogy about it's a drawing. And that, you know there's a moment when you're doing a project and you lose something that you think is incredibly important. Yeah. And the, whoever, for whatever reason. And you, you know, you know, even in your heart, you know it's because you're experienced enough to know that it's, it's just an edit and it'll always get better. But it's, so you know that in your head, but in your heart you're kind of upset <laughs> that the thing has to take this uh, violence. Like there is a thing in, in our thing, there is, not violence is too strong a word, but there is a kind of a athletic, athleticism to the management of your expectations and what you could put into a place and what actually, when it rolls down a hill, doesn't fall off, what lasts. And what's actually strong and what's just decoration and what's, what, where's the real heft? Yeah. And so much of that is so hard to know without some external force producing that friction. Mm. And we did a, one of our very first projects was a house based on columns, you know, and nothing particular to it, but we kept matter to us at the time. And the client was really annoyed with one of the columns because it kind of, kind of blocking its view, or so we thought. And... I was leaving the site on a Friday and he was, I could just hear him saying to the structure engineers, are all these columns structural? 
nothing of it. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I've got a train to catch. <laughs> I came back the following week and the column's gone. It had been chiselled out of the floor and out of the ceiling. I was really interesting, though. It is an interesting feeling, right? Because, OK, first of all, there's panic and then anger, a lot of that. Yeah. And then sort of bereft. Yeah. And then there's this weird bit where you're walking around and going, this isn't bad and I should be really angry about this. I know. But this is actually quite good. <laughs> End note. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, but then what worries me is, does that mean that any, anything that happens is acceptable because it's just our, our, our sense of self-preservation that you can go, yeah, I can handle that. No, yeah, it's the Black Knight kind of scenario. <laughs> 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 A mere flesh wound. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think that... I think but he's probably right if you, if, you, if you can look out that tree. And he, you would never have given him that. I've had that experience too. Yeah, it's true. It's sometimes it happens and it does destroy the project. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it makes it. I think vigilance that you're talking about is also a vigilance to know when something has been lost but not been killed, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And there's a different type of vigilance, which is the exact same thing has happened and you actually need to be angry and but you also, actually need to call I, it. I think that's right, but there's also kind of a moment in that, in that condition where you found as a result of an external force, where you realise, you know what, it's better. Like I, another time in Dysters, wind blew a wall down. Uh, wind blew a wall down, they're old walls. And so I was very upset because I'd set up an enfilade, da-da-da, very important, and I didn't like the idea of tidying it up, but actually the space was better. But you couldn't have that space without the presumption beforehand that that wall was there. And, it's, and again, it's this kind of, oh, dare I say palimpsest, but there is this kind of... There is this kind of, um, there is this kind of, like those drawings you made when you were a child, you know, where you would, you would put down all black crayon, oh, yeah. and then you put all red crayon on top of it, and then you would scrape off the red crayon, and you'd get back to the black crayon. Yeah. I don't know what that's called, but you know what I'm talking about. I do about. know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. yeah. It's terrifically yeah. messy, but good fun. It's good fun, yeah. but, and, and you can make quite nice things with it quickly, yeah. but you have to do the, un the underpainting, you have to do the underpainting. Yeah. It's the underpainting, isn't it? That's what they call it. Yeah. Or the underplanting if it's gardening. But there's some kind of you put there's something about preparing preparing the ground so that when when your thought is excavated that you've prepared the ground underneath. It's the the preparation of the ground is what comes to. Yeah, and I think that's right because I think that those presences, those memories, they adulterate the thing. Because there's no earthly reason anymore why something would have been positioned the way it is because the thing that yeah. placed it there yeah. has now been removed. It's funny, I mean, I heard a... It's a completely separate thing, but there was a conversation with Graham Linhan that, that I heard where he was talking about how you construct your perfect comedic sitcom. And he, he said something not dissimilar, just that you start with a set piece, a kind of something, a scene, yeah. that's instantly very... It's probably funny. a type... It's probably a type... Exactly, it's probably typology yeah. or something. You know, it's two men in a bar. And yeah, whatever. yeah. And then you work up, you start going, how did they get there? Who are they? And you start building up scenes to get them there. And each of them has to be funny. And then you start making bridging scenes to make that whole thing. And then you take away the initial joke. Yeah. So now there's no sense to yeah. the whole thing. And it's just people hanging out. 
And it's the same thing, because it somehow sits happier together, but somehow the memory of that thing remains, the kind of grit or something. There's, uh, it, it's bringing me to, to, to mind, you know the story of... Um, I love the story. So it's, it's Xerxes is coming across the, the sea in his flotilla of boats to attack Marathon, yeah? yeah? And in the front boat, just and he's just behind it, they have this massive, I don't know, 25, I don't know, a huge piece of Parian marble, absolutely huge, which, which they're going to use as their triumphal monument. <laughs> of course, it doesn't quite turn out that way. <laughs> 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 so the 20-ton the block of Parian marble in about the 5th century, um, some local Greek guy decides they are erecting it, decides he, he carves it into uh, a statue of, of Nemesis, the goddess. Yes. Of course. Of course. Wouldn't you? Yes. And then it's brought to Ramnus, and uh, they worship it, the cult of Nemesis in Ramnus. I've been there, it's amazing, but... Uh, but Nemesis is the goddess of proportion, right? Mm. So sometime around the, f I don't know, some centuries later anyway, it's suppressed when, with Christianity, it's suppressed and the statue is destroyed. And there's, when you go to Ramnus today, there's nothing there. It's just rocks. But, it's, and, uh, but in 1972, this young, brilliant Greek uh, archaeologist reassembled a statue from fragments from like 57 different Greek museums. <laughs> Put it back together? Yeah. Oh, wow. Isn't that cosmic? Yeah. But did he put back together the whole cube of Mark? That would have been a better. It's a wild story, isn't it? It's yeah. Lovely. It's true? Mm. Oh, wow. Listen, Tom, thank we'll, you so much. Oh, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. We generally wrap up with one question, oh, yeah. which is if you had one piece of advice to give a student of architecture, what would it be? Go to the pictures. Thanks very much, Tom. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Register. Please remember to leave your reviews and your comments and all of that. It helps us to reach a wider audience. Um, Next week, myself and others from Kingston University are working down in Somerset where we're a partner in the first Royal Fine Art Commission Trust and Drawing Matter Masterclass aimed at uh, pre-A-level students who might be interested in studying architecture, which I'm very much looking forward to, um, and which we'll try and do a podcast from just about the event itself and about the views of the students, the young potential architects taking part in it. And so I hope you join us then. Many thanks. Bye.